welcome to the Witchy Work Wishes podcast, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. Welcome to Witchy Work Wishes. I am your host, Charlene, and there is my love bug crow outside. <laughs> um, and you are joining me today for episode number 11. Oh my goodness. Yule and some tips for bringing Yule into your office and work. This certainly is my most favorite time of the year, and it was fun diving into the history of Yule and other things for the season to help create this podcast. <laughs> but before I begin with today's Yule episode, I always like to start off with three things I did over the weekend to help with my witchcraft practice. So first, I did a card poll on Sunday, and it's been a while since I did one. Oh my goodness. What are you? What is it, love? What is it? Okay, let me start over. <laughs> Sorry. So, oh my goodness. I might have to start this over. Um, oh, let me try. Uh, so it's been a while since I did uh, my last card poll. I only have one deck, and it's an oracle deck. I mentioned this deck back on episode three, Tracking Your Time. It's the Spirit Animal Oracle by Colette Baron reed with illustrations by Jenna Della Grataglia. It's a 68-card set that comes with a beautiful guidebook. Well, I'm all about learning lessons, and I do believe we repeat them until learned. I'm not 100% sure this applies here, but out of a 68-card deck, Literally 68 different animal cards that could show up and be pulled. The same card kept appearing. Not every time, but often. Like, way too often in my, in my personal opinion. There are all these amazing animals that I could be seeing. And the same one keeps getting pulled. The chameleon. The chameleon is to remind me to act as if. Now, the chameleon would always get pulled with another card. I never do a single card pull. And that other card, of course, has uh, varied. But why? Why do I keep seeing the chameleon? So I'm not going to read the whole message, but this is how it goes. And I'm quoting directly from the, the guidebook here. Um, it says, Chameleon spirit shares her gift with you today to prepare you for changes that will greatly benefit you. Outer conditions are changing and you're required to come in harmony, into harmony with them so you can co-create your greatest dream. Feeling sensitive? Good, <laughs> because that will come in handy, enabling you to determine how best to adapt to your environment and the people in it, while at the same time, maintaining your integrity and inner equilibrium. Even if you feel like you're in uncharted territory, the chameleon spirit has faith in your ability to fit in and learn the lay of the land, adapting as necessary. This is a fortunate time to quote-unquote, act as if, and do as others do, until the new ways feel familiar and completely natural. Life is offering you a great lesson now. Adapting isn't about losing yourself. It's about learning how to dance with others. So I love the writing and words for the chameleon. I just didn't like that she kept getting pulled over and over and over again. Now, over the past three months, I have gotten quite a few messages about change, if I stop and think about it, not just from the Oracle deck, but other signs and messages have been made clear that change is coming. I think that it has to do 
or I thought it had to do with my work in office, but honestly, I'm not sure anymore. I have a cynical thought that it could apply to, um, and I should probably write my thoughts down just about it in case they come true. <laughs> but then I have a third option, which has to do, um, excuse me, with witchcraft itself. But needless to say, I got mad that the chameleon kept showing up, so I stopped pulling cards for a while. I think it might have even been a month now. No, it's been more um, since my last card draw, uh, which was a three-card pull, and no shock, the chameleon was one of them. So I do one of two options, either a two-card pull or a three-card pull. For my two-card pull, the first card shows me you know, what I should pay attention to, and the second card shows me what I should do for my next right step. If I do a three-card pull, I'll ask my question, and the first card will show what I need to know about you know, the situation for my highest good. Second card will show me what my next right action is to stay in alignment with that highest intention. And then the third card will show me where this could evolve if I remain on the path. Yes, I hear you, love bug. Love, what is it? Hi, love bug. Hi. Okay. Okay. So on Sunday, I slowed down with a fire in my fireplace. Um, I always do some incense burning um, along with my candles and some Viking music in the background. And I center myself before I do a card pull. I think about the question I want to ask and then pull the cards. I'm acutely aware of the smoke rising from the incense too. I always try to pay attention to that. And I know, you know, open doors or windows or heaters running will affect the airflow and change the pattern of the smoke rising. So I try to keep everything as neutral as possible as, you know, as far as the environment around me when I, when I um, am looking at the, the smoke rising. So creating this space opens my mind for the poll and the direction I'm about to be given. Um, this time though, instead of asking a question about, you know, work or diet or health, like I normally do, I asked the question, why does the chameleon keep appearing to me? Since this is an oracle deck, I'm not going to be able to answer, answer, I'm not going to be able to ask a yes or no question, um, but I was curious as to what might appear to guide me. So I did a two card poll on Sunday and my first card was the frog spirit, which tells me to clear out the clutter. The message in the book says, um, frog spirit knows that while all the other frogs are croaking away, this is a time for you to simplify and declutter your life so you can feel content on your own lily pad. Even when life is creating a cacophony, okay, you know what a symphony is? It's the opposite of a symphony. So symphony, cacophony, cacophony, I'm not sure, <laughs> cacophony, we become drawn to the excitement of the noise. Then... The next thing we know, our schedules and homes are cluttered with commitments we regret making and objects taking up valuable space. Even relationships need decluttering as they often become messy. The frog spirit appears to tell you to clean house. Prioritize what you need and get rid of or give away the rest so you can have some space in your day and your head. You don't need all of the old stuff and its stories shouting at you about the past. Whatever you need will appear when you need it. So release your grip on that clutter that is making you feel anxious and burdened. Frog Spirit wants you to reclaim your space. Let go and jump. 
you are free from all that old stuff. So the second card pull was the Badger Spirit. And I have pulled this card before. So Badger Spirit reminds me to be fearless and bold and rejoice at my persistence and commitment for what is true for me. Whatever I seek, my tenacity and faith in my partnership with Spirit is paying off. And the results will soon coalesce into form in my world. So I asked the cards, why do I keep seeing the chameleon? And my first card, what I should pay attention to, was the frog spirit to tell me to clean house and remove clutter. And the second card, what I should do for my next step, was the badger, told me to be fearless and bold. I keep my cards in front of me all week. Um, I put them at my vanity so I can see them each morning as I am getting ready for the day. So this week I am reflecting on my cards and I am trusting the process. The second thing I did was a massive to-do list, um, as the holidays have a bunch of deadlines. Um, It's also year-end for my business, which is a nice quiet time at the office before the rush of January hits. This may not seem very witchy, (laughs) you know, to make a to-do list, but it is important for my practice so I can continue to do things for myself, even with the holiday hustle and bustle. So I broke out my list to date-specific things. You know, presents need to be wrapped by a certain date. Food needs to be purchased for the holiday meals. Uh, We also have a powerful new moon right around winter solstice uh, next week. Um, And I believe it's happening. I think it's happening on Friday, uh, December 23rd. Um, I also believe this is going to be a super new moon, which means there is extra energy and strength with it. So I want to make sure I'm ready for um, some workings. Um, with this last new moon of 2022 and the fact that it's happening as winter solstice and Yule are beginning, well, I think some amazing magical things can happen. So carving out some specific time for this is part of my to-do list. Um, I also made a to-do list for this podcast and the January episodes. This is, this is going to be a big test for me. January is month end, quarter end, and year end, all wrapped up into 30 days with the final deadline of everything due for my clients on January 31st. I normally work all weekends in January. And since starting this podcast, I usually do my you know, research during the week, draft the outline on Saturday and record on Sunday. So I'm not, I'm not sure how I'm going to get it all done in January. <laughs> but being mindful and purposeful with my time will be of utmost importance uh, the next month so I can keep everything moving forward. All right, lastly, I did some cleansing. Uh, Physically, my body is getting tested right now, and I have been extra tired with the changes I am going through. So I felt the energy pulled down in my house, and I really wanted to clear out the space so I could start fresh again for the upcoming week. I took some time after my card pull and cleaned. I cleansed and I freshened my home. Okay, let's jump into the moon status this week. Oh my goodness. Who is being so loud? What are you doing? What is it? Okay. (laughs) Our beautiful moon is waning this week. This is a good time to release and let go of what's not working for you. Banishing spells are good this week. It's a great week to break a habit. Breaking habits are super hard. It's so much easier to start a new habit than to break an old one. Um, That said, 
if we're trying to stop something, sometimes it's easier to replace the bad habit with a good one and take little baby steps to gradually, you know, incorporate it into your world or routine until it is fully taken over. You want to remove your obstacles this week for anything holding you back from your goals. Either way, this is a good week to release, cleanse, and let go. Okay, let's jump into today's main topic, which is all about Yule, uh, what it is, and how we can bring some of that magic into the office. Yule is my favorite time of the year. I know I've mentioned this before, and I've talked about how much I love everything about this time of year. Um, I certainly did in last week's episode. Um, I love the cold weather. I love the holiday decorations. I love the spirit of the season. I love the bells, the music, everything, everything about Yule and Christmas. Growing up, we always uh, celebrated Christmas, uh, but there was nothing religious about it. And I did the same thing in raising my two boys. We celebrated Christmas every year. We just did not believe in any form of religion or attach it to the holiday celebrations. So you may hear me go back and forth between Yule and Christmas, or possibly I'll just call it the holidays. Um, It all, for me, it all means the same thing. Um, So Yule is the winter solstice, and the word Yule comes from a Norse word, which means wheel, as the Norse thought the sun to be a big wheel of fire that rolled towards the earth and away from it. It's the longest and most dark time of the year. Um, This holiday is part of the pagan wheel of the year, which has eight celebrations, four of which are festivals and four are seasons. The four festivals are Imbolc, Beltane, Lunasa, and Samhain, and the four seasons, specifically related to where the sun is located, are Spring Equinox, Summer Solstice, Autumn Equinox, and Winter Solstice. Yule honors the return of the sun and the light after the longest night of our year. Yule is typically around December 21st each year. Colors for Yule will be red and green, silver, gold, white, and blue. Our crystals and stones for Yule are the bloodstone, clear quartz, uh, diamonds, emeralds, rubies, and garnets. Herbs and flowers will be our thistle, poinsettias, lilies, chamomile, ivy, mistletoe, peppermint, rosemary, and sage. For our oils and incense, you're going to want to use cedar, cinnamon, cloves, frankincense, juniper, myrrh, peppermint pine, and sweet orange. Trees for Yules are going to be the cedar, juniper, um, the pine, holly, fir, apple, birch, chestnut, and citrus trees. And the two gods for Yule are the holly king god and the oak king king god. So pagan Yule traditions. The top three really are going to be the Yule tree, the Yule log, and then bonfires and candles. Um, Yule began many centuries ago, long before Christmas came (laughs) into the holidays. Um, The winter solstice, which Yule celebrates, is the shortest day of the year, but it is used to invite the light and the sun for the coming days. As we know, there are many days ahead of us um, of winter when Yule is celebrated, but the shortest day of the year is actually the 21st of December. So each day after that has a little bit more light than the previous day, thus inviting more sun and light 
into the new year. For early pagans, the Yule tree represented the tree of life, which for many uh, represents the balance of life and how all things are connected. Um, This special evergreen tree was carefully picked out as it was to represent protection for the home and to call back the sun. The Yule tree was originally brought into the home uh, so the woodland spirits would be kept warm during the cold winter months and treats were hung on the branches as offerings for uh, for the woodland spirits to eat. People would hang bells on the branches too, so a spirit could ring them to say thank you for the food and treats. On top of the tree, a five-point star would be placed to represent the five elements, air, fire, water, earth, and spirit. For the pagan Yule tree, they are also brought into the home to bring abundance, health, and healing. The evergreen trees are specifically used since they represent these very things. Evergreens are long-term, and the homes want to retain that evergreen or ever energy into the home's energy. Traditional Yule decorations are going to be orange slices, which represent the sun coming back and the next part of the will of the year starting. Cinnamon sticks were used, which represent production and abundance. Um, Anything with a star shape was used as well. You could find um, star shaped items strung up or placed on the trees with cinnamon sticks and orange slices. Later, candles were added to the trees, which, of course, now we know is super dangerous. (laughs) But the the pagan tradition represented the calling of the sun and inviting the light back. Um, So back around 1840, it was Queen Victoria who was said to have come back from a Germany trip where she saw a Yule tree and wanted to have the same type of tree in her home too. And thus, popularity grew and the Christmas tree tradition began. So Yule has many traditions that go way back, but the most significant one, really, even more than the Yule tree, is the Yule log. The Norse tradition of the Yule log was to bring in protection and prosperity. The different types of trees would spark different magical properties, of course. Um, Aspen is tied to spiritual understanding. Pine is tied to prosperity. Birch is tied to fertility. An oak is tied to strength and wisdom. So first use of the Yule log was a big, long branch that was burned at one end in the fireplace. And they kept the fire going by moving the branch or the tree um, in as the log burned. So later, the log would be chopped to about a foot, maybe a foot and a half in length um, from one owns property. Um, the tree or the log could be gifted to them as well. Um, but it had to either be gifted or be on their own property. And then uh, they would dress it with pine cones, um, mistletoe, cinnamon sticks, holly, dried cranberries, or maybe other berries that were found earlier in the year. The energy in these things that were collected earlier were said to bring life and light to the Yule log. The log was used in the fireplace during the midwinter celebrations, and when the fire was done, a piece of the Yule log was kept to start the next year's Yule log fire. And the ashes were saved and used as good luck for plantings in the spring. Of course, we now know how good the wood ashes are as they are full of potassium, which our plants love. 
So a more modern take on the Yule log is going to be doing all of these same magical things, but instead of burning the log in a fireplace, we are going to insert and light three candles to the log. Uh, these candles will typically be one of each, a green, red, and gold candle. Uh, each of these items to uh, dress the Yule log will represent something specific. Did I say Pacific? <laughs> specific, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so cinnamon is, of course, for good luck. Cloves are for clarity and protection. Dried oranges represent the sun and bringing in the light. Star anise is for purification and psychic abilities and a great little five-point star. Uh, pine cones are for the evergreen, coming from the trees that are still green even in the coldest winter months. They represent protection uh, and prosperity. Mistletoe is for healing and fertility. Rosemary is, of course, known to cleanse the air and make way for new beginnings. Um, ivy, of course, can be used for healing and protection. And there are other things you can add to a Yule log, such as maybe lavender, uh, pomegranates, and baby's breath. The image of the Yule log has transformed into something edible, too. Uh, we know this to be the Yule log cake, which is a perfect thing to bake during the holidays. This is a chocolate uh, spongy cake that is rolled around a filling and then decorated to look like an actual Yule log. You can see a beautiful spiral pattern inside the cake that is meant to mimic the rings of a tree. And then there are usually garnishments like um, mushrooms maybe made out of meringue or other items uh, that are edible. Um, and a dusting of powdered sugar is usually sprinkled over top to look like smoke. Uh, smo oh gosh, I cannot talk today. To look like snow. And small springs of little pine branches and berries can be placed on top as decorations. Um, this is actually something I will be doing for the first time this year. I have never made a Yule log cake, um, so I'm really excited to start this tradition. And I believe I will be incorporating it into my Christmas Eve celebrations. Okay, um, other things are going to be like Yule bonfires and candles. Personally, the power of fire is very important to me. It always has been. Um, specifically for Yule, though, fire is going to represent new beginnings, rebirth, rest, gratitude, and the balance of light and dark. Um, growing up, my mom would always light a bayberry candle on Christmas Eve and let it burn down overnight until out. The bayberry tradition actually comes from colonial times. The settlers uh, needed light, which at that time came mainly from candles. Um, but when they burned them, the smoke had such a bad smell since they used animal fat as their candles. Um, the bayberry bush, though, when the, ber when the berries were uh, boiled, they would create a waxy substance that could be skimmed off and used for candles. And when lit, this candle smelled amazing, like berries, uh, pine, and the woods. But it took a whole bunch of boiling bayberries to get just one little candle, so they were only used on special occasions. The uh, bayberry is known for money, and good fortune. So using this type of candle on Christmas Eve helps bring in these wishes. It is said that you should light the candle when the first star appears, and it should continue to burn until after midnight. It is also known that you can't or should not put out the candle, so you need to let it burn down all the way on its own. If you are in the broom closet like me, um, 
celebrating Yule is about as easy as possible because it's the same thing as Christmas, <laughs> just without the religion. Um, but there are some little things you can do to bring Yule into your office, um, even if you can't maybe go all out and decorate. Um, the first one is going to be to create like a little mini Yule log. And you can do this by um, maybe using like a handful of cinnamon sticks, some evergreen branches and some holly and maybe dressings like some orange slices, some little orange slices <laughs> and star anise, um, tie it all together with some holiday ribbon and it will mimic um, the image of a Yule log. You could also use a pine cone and dress it up with some pine needle branches and a star anise on top. Um, another thing you can do for your desk and office is to make your own Yule witch's balls. So side note, um, I've not really talked about witch's balls yet, um, but originally these balls started with fishermen and were glass blown balls that were tied to a net. The glass balls would float so the fishermen would not lose their nets. Um, over time, the balls became more spiritual and during the witch trials of the 1500s got linked to witches. This was because it was thought back then <laughs> um, that witches were not allowed to be in water, that they would rise up and float instead of sink. Now, of course, all humans float. We know this to be true. But back in the 1500s, it was believed that innocent people would sink and witches would float. So there became a natural connection to witches and the glass balls that the fishermen um, nets floated with. Over time, the glass balls got more decorative and had different colors, and eventually strands of glass were part of the inside of the ball, which started the idea that the different colored balls attracted spirits. And the spirits would enter the ball and get caught in the strands of glass inside. So the glass balls became traps for the spirits, and they would be hung where you did not want the spirits to be. Uh, they were also believed to repel the evil eye, and it was blue uh, spheres of glass that were used for this. Reflective balls were used to repel witches back then, since they thought witches, again, this is back like 1500s-ish, um, they thought witches did not have reflections, and the glass ball would keep witches away. So witches' balls now are made with um, round glass, um, kind of like an ornament, uh, like a Christmas ornament or holiday ornament. Um, it's a glass uh, ornament of some type, um, ball, sphere, <laughs> that you can fill with specific items. And for Yule, um, they're usually filled with many of these standard Yule herbs, uh, flowers, seasonal things um, that are popular this time of year. So depending on how big the top opening is of your glass ornament and ball, you can fill them with pine needles, uh, sprigs of lavender, cinnamon sticks, uh, let's see, like juniper berries, dried orange slices, mistletoe, holly berries, star anise will probably fit in there, um, and other holiday items. If you can find tiny pine cones that can fit through the top, uh, even better to add those. Be sure to cleanse your glass ball first, and of course set your intentions when adding all of the items. Write down something specific for the intention you are wishing to work with, and wrap it up tightly with a red ribbon, almost so it looks like, like a holiday scroll. Um, and place it into the glass ornament. As you seal the top, which can be done with the original piece along with some candle wax, say the closing of your intentions. Um, if your orange slice or other bigger items can't fit into the ball, 
You can always tie them around the top and let them hang off as you know additional decorations. So witch's balls are meant to be hung in a window, but of course can be adapted to hang on your tree as well or for the office. Um, you can have one right at your desk. Um, another good thing for the office is mistletoe. Mistletoe is a good Yule tradition that is easily brought into the office, even though you may not necessarily want to kiss any of your coworkers. Um, it's something <laughs> that can easily be brought in as a decoration. Um, mistletoe used to be considered sacred because it grew in the ground without roots. So it was thought to be planted by the gods and that it had um, the power to ban evil spirits and bring good luck. So the goddess Frigg started the tradition of kissing under mistletoe. Frigg is a Norse uh, pagan goddess and the wife of the all-father Odin. She is known as the goddess of life, happiness, and love, and the earth goddess. Frigg and Odin had uh, twin boys named Baldur and Hodur. Hodur was blind and known to be very innocent and kind. Baldur was a strong combination of his two powerful parents and known as the god of light and joy. The longest night of the year, usually December 21st, is Old Norse um, known as the Mother's Night because it's when Frigg gave birth to her twin boys. It was said that Frigg was able to see the future and she saw the death of her son Baldur but could not do anything about it. She even asked all of the things and elements that could cause Baldur harm to, keep, to help her uh, keep him safe. So Loki, um, stepbrother to both Holder and Baldur, uh, played a trick and created a mistletoe arrow, which he knew to be the only thing that could kill Baldur. When they were all playing what they thought to be a game, Loki gave his blind stepbrother Hodor the mistletoe arrow. He shot it straight into Baldur's heart, killing him instantly. So there's a bunch more to the story, um, but it said that his mother, the goddess Frigg, ordered that mistletoe would never again be used in harm and would now be a symbol of love by kissing anyone who passed under it. Uh, okay, let's see. You can certainly make, back to the office stuff, <laughs> you can certainly make a Yule log chocolate cake for the office and Yule moon cookies, which are vanilla, lemon, and almond light and puffy cookies uh, shaped like a crescent moon with vanilla icing on top and powdered sugar. Really, any holiday baking would be good for the office as baking in general is a great way to add intentions um, that you can share with everyone. You can certainly incorporate Yule colors for your uh, workday outfits. Um, that's a nice way to celebrate the season. Of course, anything red, green, gold, silver, white, and blue will honor Yule. Um, bringing in Yule foods uh, like oranges, clementines, uh, red apples, nuts, and berries will be good for your lunches and snacks. And you can make your own essential oil spray using cinnamon and pine. Um, cloves are good too. So is peppermint. That's usually what I have going in my office. Oh, we talked about all of these in the essential oils podcast a couple weeks ago. And if you can actually light a real candle in your office space or your desk space, um, and bring in uh, some of the sense of Yule, that's a wonderful way to celebrate next week. Um, I didn't talk about it here, but there is an old drink um, from back in the Middle Ages called wassail, hopefully I'm saying that right, which means um, to be in good health. It's kind of like a hot cider with alcohol. Um, this is a Yule tradition for many, and while you probably can't have it in the office, <laughs> you can certainly have it once you get home 
after a long, hard day of work. Okay, let's recap what we've gone over for Yule. I know I got sidetracked on a couple of stories there. Um, so Yule is typically around December 21st um, each year and goes through the 1st of January. It's tied to the winter solstice. Colors for Yule will be red, green, silver, gold, white, and blue. Crystals and stones for Yule are the bloodstone, clear quartz, diamonds, emeralds, rubies, and garnets. Herbs and flowers will be our, let's see, our thistle, chamomile, ivy, mistletoe, peppermint, rosemary, and sage. Uh, For our oils and incense, you'll want to use cedar, cinnamon, cloves, frankincense, juniper, myrrh, peppermint, pine, and sweet orange. Trees for Yule are cedar, juniper, pine, holly, fir, apple, birch, chestnut, and citrus. Our deities are the oak king and the holly king. Great things to do for Yule are going to be making a Yule log. Again, that is going to be a piece of wood or a log that has decorations on it like holly and mistletoe, um, pine cones, evergreens, and of course, three candles if um, you're not going to put it in your fireplace. Um, Or you could use it at your table centerpiece um, with the candles first and then burn it in your bonfire later. Um, Even more powerful, if you happen to have any remnants of last year's fire um, with your Yule log in it to start this new fire this year. Um, If you don't, be sure to save a part of this year's fire so you can start next year's Yule fire with it. Uh, So decorating a Yule tree is perfect for the holiday. Even better if it's a live tree that you can plant in the spring. Uh, Be sure to top it with a five-point star representing the five elements. Other good things to do for Yule are going to be making a witch's bell. Witch's bell. I had bells on my mind from last last week's episode. A witch's ball. Um, You can bake something for the holidays. Make or buy gifts for your loved ones. Of course, decorate your altar and celebrate with fire with your candles and fireplace. Of course, if you can, do a little fire magic and write down what you want to let go of for the new year and burn it. Okay, I have a little poem for today's episode. Here we go. My favorite time of year is here. I shout it out with joy and cheer. I sing the songs of holiday fun as winter's time has now begun. The air is chilled as solstice starts, and warmth takes over all our hearts. With kings of great oak and holly, and Santa's laugh that makes us jolly. Our homes are filled with holiday smells, and special Yule witchcraft spells. We bring our loved ones extra joy, and the children get a holiday toy. This time of year, the pine trees call as we make and hang our witch's ball. With cinnamon sticks and mistletoe, we dream of kisses in the snow. The oranges call the sun to come as holidays beat their mighty drums. The yule log sings what we desire, and a piece is saved for next year's fire. My favorite time of year is now, in winter solstice I do vow. Forever long my peace will be in Yule's bright shining holiday tree. I hope you enjoyed today's episode on Yule and incorporating Yule into your office and work. Next week's podcast is starting a new four-part series, which I'll do one a month, 
um, all about the elements and how we can bring a little bit of that magic into our office. Also, I'll take a bit more time on the moon status next week since we are going to have a super new moon, um, which will cover the eve of Chris- the eve of Christmas Eve <laughs> and Christmas Eve. So some extra energy will be around for this beautiful new start. Uh, that is all I have for you this week. As always, if you have something you would like me to research more on and possibly do a podcast about, please zip me an email to info at witchyworkwishes.com. I promise to email back just as quick as I can. Or, you know, shoot me a message on Instagram. Have a great week, and I will talk with you next week. Thank you for joining me today at Witchy Work Wishes, a place to find your weekly inspiration for bringing your personal witchcraft practice into your business, work, and office. For more information and additional content, please visit me online at witchyworkwishes.com. If you want to send me a personal note, please email me at info at witchyworkwishes.com. And of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Witchy Work Wishes.